Welcome to the Out of the Basement Podcast, a show where a group of friends get together and talk about a variety of geeky topics. Find out what shows we've been watching, find out what movies we've seen, find out what games we're playing. Come along and join us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Out of the Basement Podcast. My name is always Devin Turak. I don't have a can, so I can't make the cool noise. Uh, joining me tonight is Paul Sanders. Hello. Uh, Patrick Ramsahoy. Hello. And Dwayne McKinnon. Hello. Ah, he's got his can. Yeah. Ah, uh, no, 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 Patrick Leeson tonight, unfortunately. He's uh, down with a migraine. A uh, pain that I'm sure some of us have felt as well, so we can definitely understand that he's un- unable to uh, attend the recording. Mm-hmm. Ho- hopefully this will be the last of our socially distant recordings. Hopefully um, by the time we're ready to do the next one, it looks like everything's going to be open back up again and our recording space is going to be available. So we might just uh, get together and do this all in person. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't seen you guys in months. Months? Months. It has been yeah. a long time. It yeah. has been the a last, while. Yeah. The last recording we did in person, I think, was March. That would make sense. No, no actually, probably. we didn't. We didn't get in a, one in March before the pandemic. I don't think February. I think. Yeah, February makes more sense. It could have been uh, February. I'll, I'll I'll have to check, but I thought we got one down right before Pat and I were scheduled to leave for Adepticon. I'm pretty sure we um, did that. That was our first one through Discord, wasn't it? I mean, it's possible. It's also very easy to check. I just can't check it right now because we're in the middle of recording. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, let's jump straight into our weeks because at this point it's been, I think, three or four weeks since our last uh, get-together. Our weeks in the hobby. Mm -hmm. Um, Who would like to go first? Uh, Let's do Mac. What what have you been up to? Well, honestly, not a whole lot. Uh, Movies and TV... um... Well, uh, recently uh, we watched uh, an interesting uh, Keanu Reeves movie called Replicas. Uh, basically, he's uh, investigating a way of transferring consciousness into machines, um, and he's going away with his family for a Christmas vacation. Uh, there's a bad car accident, his family is killed, and so he tries to use his technology to bring his family back. Um, it kind of had a, a bit of a horror vibe as far as trailers and so on went, but it's uh, it's a little more of a, an action-adventure movie. I, I think Amazon Prime is showing it right now. Uh, hmm. so it, it It's worth checking out. It, it's not a great movie, but it's not a terrible one either. Um, let's see. Uh, as far as TV goes, I, uh, I binge-watched uh, uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. <clears throat> I can uh, definitely see uh, the influences because uh, you know it's the same writer, but the influences on the Dragon Prince that Netflix has, which is also a very good show. Mm. Uh, um, let's see what else. Oh, uh, well, Agents of Shield, Marvel's Agents of Shield is uh, is on. Uh, I'm. I think the last few episodes since uh, we talked about it uh, last time. Um, they've been uh, trying to deal with uh, a lot of the questions that people have had uh, out of uh, Avengers Endgame because uh, they've definitely dealt with the uh, hey we're here back in the past why why don't we make changes because you know it's the right thing to do and, and then other people arguing well no we're not 
not here to make those changes. We're here to protect the timeline. So that's what we're going to do. That's got to be our priority. So sort of tying in with a lot of the questions people have on uh, on Steve Rogers' uh, story and the way it concluded, I think. Um, hmm. And uh, they're they're doing a lot of callbacks to the whole series as well as the MCU. There's a lot of reminders going on that they're part of the MCU. Though the one interesting thing is uh, they have yet to ever deal with the snap that has not been part of uh, Agents of Shield at all. And Very as odd. I understand it, they aren't going to. Yeah, which is weird because. Uh, uh, Fitz, uh, Andy Kexter's uh, character, isn't on this season, or at least he hasn't been so far. He's got this mysterious, he's missing thing. Um, and, uh, you know, him being snapped would uh, actually go a long way of explaining why his character's not there, and at the same time uh, tie into the greater MCU storyline. Um, Interesting. Well, yeah. but wouldn't he have come back though? Because the well, snap is over now. What? Yeah, thing. except that Agents of Shield is actually, even though they're time traveling a lot, it's still linearly the same as it, it has been. So they haven't gone past that five-year gap that oh, I uh, see. that happened in the movies. Um, Games-wise, really nothing much going on. We have done a bit more of our Starfinder uh, adventure. Uh, the guys have uh, discovered a uh, cavern that uh, leads to a lost uh, city kind of an idea. And because uh, uh, what happened, you know, they've crash landed onto a planet. Uh, they've discovered that there is a starship there, but it's been intentionally disabled um, by this archaeologist. And uh, he has taken the key to recovering the starship. Uh, into the caverns with him and so they're trying to chase him down to get that key so they can get off the planet um, and the only thing is this, this archaeologist has gone crazy because the uh, the writings of the uh, ancient civilization he's studying actually rewrites your brain and makes you crazy <laughs> okay yeah so uh, they, they're they going into the caverns to try and find the professor um, and they're discover they've discovered in his notes that uh, this ancient civilization was keeping a primordial god in uh, uh, as, a, as an embryo in uh, one of the gas giants of the star system. So uh, there, there is a potential danger that these guys have to, to face. Anyhow, that's the sort of thing we were going to be getting into on our last session, but uh, because of some people not being able to make it, we ended up uh, postponing it. So this... Uh, this adventure is sitting on a cliffhanger for uh, close to a month at this point. And, uh, yeah, that's been my, my uh, week since the last time we got together. Not very exciting. All right, let's move on to Paul next. Paul, what have you been up to? <clears throat> what have I been up to? Um, a lot, a lot of Div 2. A lot of Div 2, yes. They've released the new season. It just started this week. And that's keeping me focused, but uh, I've been suffering a lot at work recently and not been able to sleep well, so I've not been playing too much. I just get home and crash for the most part. But um, I have been watching that uh, Snowpiercer, mm -hmm. uh, and so far, it's yeah, it's not bad. I haven't seen this week's episode yet, um, but uh, it's 
it's it's on the list that I will I will I will see it anyway at some point. Now, have you seen the movie that it's based off of? No, to be honest with you, I haven't. I didn't even realize there was a movie. So yeah, so so the movie was created maybe a four or five years ago. Um, it's mm. good. Um, I'm just wondering how it compare how the show compares to the original movie. Well, I'd have to watch the movie and let you know. Yeah. So far, so far the movie's pretty. Or the sorry, the, the show is pretty decent. So it's definitely something I'm going to keep watching because I, I quite enjoy it. Um, the new season of the 100 is out, but I'm going to wait till the entire season's released before I watch it because watching a show that I've watched like several seasons of in a, one episode a week is kind of irritating to me. So I'm just going to wait for it to all come out. And then just sit there and watch it. Um, one movie that I ha- I did start watching, I haven't finished it, is uh, IP Man, because Netflix dropped like three or four of them. Um, so, and I'm a fan of the martial arts stuff. Once in a while, I'll, I'll catch that. But that's about the extent of my uh, gaming and movie watching. Now, IP Man, that's uh. Donnie Yen, right? The guy who was in um, uh, Rogue One as uh, Chirrut? Sure. I think I so. want. I want to say yes. But they're not. I've never. Them. I've. I've never seen yes. the movies, but that is my recollection. My recollection. <clears throat> it is yeah. Donnie Yen. Yeah. Yeah, they're what they're what made him famous. In yeah. His, yeah. In certain circles. I've I've got the first two on Blu-ray, but. Uh, I've, I think I've only ever seen the first one. I haven't seen the second one yet. I think there's like there's four or five of them in total. There's, yeah. there's a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot on uh, Netflix right now. So I know I can, there's at least two showing right up on my list. So, but uh, yeah, other than that, I've been pretty pretty slow. Okay, been how about you else going? Ah. Not, not a lot. Um, I'm actually starting to get caught up on Supergirl, so that's new. I've powered through a few episodes there, and that uh, I'm in the process of watching the first episode of The Witcher. <laughs> I'm doing that very slowly for some reason. Uh, I don't know why, but uh, uh, maybe because you have to watch it after hours. That's part of it. That's part of it, but uh, but yeah. So there's that and everything. Um, <laughs> still doing a lot of reading, and that uh, right now uh, picked up. Uh, did you guys see any ads back a year or so ago? Um, for a movie called The House with the Clock in Its Walls. Yep. Nope. So, uh, it's based it's based on a children's book. Jen and I liked the movie. So, I ended up picking the book up from uh, Auto Public Library. So, the book is interesting so far. And that, uh, comics-wise, I am currently in mid-August 2012. So, I continue to make some progress at least. And then, I gotta say, I am 
I am not loving this whole A versus X thing, but it's starting to reach the end, for which I am grateful. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could skip it, I know. I mean, nobody's holding a gun to my head saying, you will read the series. But I am curious as to how the ending goes in the actual books, as opposed to just what I know from what I've heard about it. So... Mm -hmm. Um, I'll probably, you know, I'll, I'll stick with it. Um, and there's plenty of comics around that time period that I'm really, really enjoying. Um, the modern run of Captain Marvel started right around there, started July 2012. So I'm enjoying checking that out. Uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick does some good stuff. Uh, the Dan Slot Spider-Man is very enjoyable. Uh, Mark Wade's run on Daredevil is good stuff. Um, Jonathan Hickman continues to lay down his decade-long Marvel storyline. Uh, right at, in that era, it's through uh, Fantastic Four and the spin-off FF, or Future Foundation. Uh, Heck, uh, even the Red Hulk stuff is pretty good. Uh, I never thought I'd say that. But, uh, but yeah. So, that's all well and good. Uh, the thing I've been spending most of my time on is online role-playing games. Uh, I've mentioned the Earth Dawn West Marches thing that I've been a part of a few times now on the podcast. Uh, continue to be doing a lot with that. I've actually branched out into running games. So I've run three so far. My fourth is scheduled for tomorrow. And it'll be my biggest challenge yet. Uh, so my first game was a Circle 2 game. My second one, Circle 4. My third one was Circle 6. See a pattern? So Tomorrow I'm doing a circle eight. So stakes are bigger. I'm definitely throwing in some horrors, which I haven't done before. And we'll see. Uh, I've got uh, six fairly powerful add-ups on this run. So we'll see if they live. Other than that, uh, I have some stuff for news and rumors. But that's pretty much it uh, as far as stuff. Oh, well, there's one thing. I flipped through a couple of X-Men films last night just for the fun of it. And that uh, I flipped through uh, X-Men Apocalypse because somebody brought up the Quicksilver scene from that one, uh, which is set to the Eurythmics song Sweet Dreams mm -hmm. and I thought ah I'd like to see that again so I did and then after I watched through Apocalypse and that I just had to check out kind of like the last scenes of the original X-Men film because uh, in Apocalypse they do a callback to the scene where Professor X and Magneto are playing chess in prison and I was thinking, you know, if I remember right, 
Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart did that little dialogue exchange a lot better than, you know, like Michael Fassbender and uh, whoever the guy who plays Professor X is, I can't remember, James something. McAvoy. McAvoy, thank you. So, the glory of streaming, I just popped on X-Men and checked it out, and yeah, Stuart and McKellen were better. I mean, well, obviously they're seasoned actors. Well, yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, McAvoy and Fassbender are very, very good. They're just not as good. But, you know, competing with um, competing with those two is a very high bar to get above. And one final thing, since I'm bringing up uh, Sir Ian McKellen. Um, have any of you guys seen the early 80s British TV version of the Scarlet Pimpernel? No. Nope. Um, so... I don't think I've seen any version of the Scarlet Pimpernel. This is well, well, well worth seeing. Um, just great, great, great stuff. Um, the uh, female lead is, oh man, I'm metal blocking on names today like crazy. It's driving me nuts. Is uh, Jane Seymour, who went on to fame for Dr. Quinn. Not to mention being a Bond girl. Yeah, I think she was um, a Bond girl before, well before any of that ever. Oh yes, she, yeah. Well, the Scarlet Pimpernel was from around 82, 83. Um, the Bond film she was in was 77, if I yeah. remember right. It was the first thing she really did. Yeah. And that. Um, and the lead is a guy named Anthony Andrews. I haven't seen him in anything else, but I've loved this movie since I was a kid. Uh, it is just a heck of a lot of fun. And the main bad guy is played by none other than Sir Ian McKellen, playing Paul Chauvelin. And it's on Tubi, if I remember right, which is free for anybody. So uh, it's while it's while we're checking out. It's a blast. So yeah, that's it for me. Okay, um, I'll do mine. Uh, let's see what I went up to. Um, speaking of 1980s, uh, Jen and I have been um, kind of binge watching a couple of cop shows. And um, mainly Australian uh, cop shows for some reason. We just finished up doing the show called Rush. Uh, that's more modern. I think that one um, was 2013, ended in 2015, maybe. There was uh, there was four seasons. I, I know. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the the total time frames were, were, but it's it's been over for a while. And that is a very very good, like police police procedural show. And I think I talked about this last episode too, but it's um, the thing I like most about watching these foreign uh, police shows is it shows kind of, it's very kind of timely and that there's all the stuff going around in the world outside of COVID um, or not necessarily the world, but especially in the United States. Um, so it's all about how cops deal with situations and how their, their chief job is to de-escalate a situation. Um, it's very rare that they even, like, I mean, obviously they're going to pull their weapons uh, if there's a dangerous situation, but they do everything they can to avoid actually firing their pistols off. Um, 
and it's very rare that there's a situation that calls for something larger than a pistol. It's uh, usually some sort of armed standoff or they're doing a raid. Um, but even then, like they don't like they don't just walk in and start blasting weapons, right? It's it's all about dealing with someone calmly, trying to de-escalate a situation, getting them to surrender, uh, attacking them and, and taking them out if they have to. But like they almost never resort to using their their weapons. And so once that show ended. Uh, there was another show. Uh, we were watching this on Amazon Prime. Uh, the next thing that popped up in like the recommended list was another Australian cop show. But this one is back from the 1980s. And oh boy, is it very from the 1980s. Uh, <laughs> it's called Blue Healers. But uh, so I was watching the first episode. It starts going into the you know the intro um, theme song, and then the uh, the credits are rolling. And I'm going, oh god, this is going to be a terrible show. It's going to be all cheesy and uh, and uh, like sitcommy, but it's not. It's actually a very, very good p- police procedural, um, and it takes place in a small town in Australia. So not only is it Aussie, which is kind of foreign to us, but it's like a tiny rural town. The police station has like six people in it. Um, the one guy who's um, uh, who's designated as the 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 keeper. Um, he his duty is to look after the people who are kind of in the prison cells, and he actually lives on premises in the the police station. There's like a attached um, dwelling, and he and his wife live there. And his wife is expected to do you know all the cleaning. She's expected to uh, feed the uh, the prisoners. So it's it's just it's so foreign from what we think of as a police station. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. The acting is fantastic. The situations that happen are kind of rural situations, so there's a lot of dealing with farmers or dealing with, um, uh, you know, people uh, thieving. There's a local pub across the street, and then the pub owner has, you know, brawls every once in a while. It's it's a very, very good show. Uh, so that one's called Blue Healers. Uh, healers as in, um, like, the heels of your shoes, not uh, yeah. healing as in medicine. I just looked it up, actually. Believe it or not, it started 1994. So Really? Because I could have sworn it was in the, in the, in the uh, 80s. Yeah, well, like, at least according to IMDb, 1994, and it went for 13 seasons. Yeah, Finally, I think there's, there's there's nine seasons that are available on on uh, Amazon Prime right now, so we're part part way into season two. Yeah, ended in 2006. Wow, that's incredible. I, I can't wait to see how the later seasons are, because, like, the beginnings, whoo boy, does it look so 80s. <laughs> uh, it's, or I guess 90s. Uh, it's but it's a, it's a, it's a surprisingly good show. I'm really enjoying that. Um, aside from that, I'm still working on Arrow. I still haven't uh, actually gotten caught up to to get to the um, uh, the the Crisis uh, episodes. So I still have. I'm almost at the end of the the last season before the Crisis events happen. So I've got maybe ten episodes left to go uh, before I can finally sit down and watch Crisis. So it's going to be definitely before the next recording. I should have watched it, and then we can start talking about it. Um, aside from that, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's there's uh, the new episode or the new season of a show called The Order has dropped. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to watch that yet, but that's next on my list as soon as I'm done with Arrow. Uh, and if you guys... Uh, I, I think I talked about The Order maybe two or three months ago um, when the first season came out. It, it couldn't have come out a few months ago. Well, anyway, uh, it's there's uh, it's a it's a university where there's two separate secret societies. One's a secret society of uh, hermetic magi, and the other one's a secret society of shape-shifting werewolves. And they're either kind of at war with each other, but 
you know, it's, there's also like the whole star-crossed lovers where there's a, a female who belongs to the Hermetic Order and then a guy who belongs to the shapeshifting werewolves and they're, they've been, they're in love and uh, it's, it's a weird show. Uh, but I really liked it too. Uh, so that's, that's next on my list to watch. Um, for video games, uh, Jen has gotten, kind of gotten sick of just sitting there and watching shows. So <coughs> one of the things that we started doing is doing some sort of interactive game um, kind of that we can that I can do on the computer upstairs uh, while she sits and either offers suggestions or we kind of go through it together. So the, the very first thing that we did is this awesome game from uh, the 1990s called uh, Gabriel Knight 2, The Beast Within. Uh, this is a game that I've loved for a very long time. And it's a game that actually I used to play, and my sister would sit there and watch me do it. So I'm, I'm, I've kind of gotten used to even having someone offering their information or their input and helping me trying to find clues and put, put things together. Uh, so we've, we really enjoyed going through Gabriel Knight. And as soon as it was over, she's like, well, what are we going to do now? I'm like, okay, I have, I have a couple more games that are kind of similar to that. Uh, they're all, you know, full motion video where there's some sort of crime has happened and then you're uh, an investigator and then you have to kind of piece the clues together so the next one we did after that is another one called is one called late shift this is more of a interactive movie again this is something i talked about when i first picked it up maybe a year and a half or two years ago um it's an interactive movie where you play the main character and then as things happen you make choices and depending on how your how your choices make the story branches out into a couple different directions um most of the choices are immaterial. They, they don't really make a difference over the overall flow. There are certain points that have to have been reached. So um, one of the things is you're involved in a heist. How you kind of get to the heist and what happens during the heist, uh, you get you, your choices make a difference on how the scenes play out, but the heist always ends in a very specific way, and it always then goes to the very next um, major plot point. And... Like that, that, that's never going to change. Uh, every time you go through the movie, these couple of beats are always going to happen. Uh, but there are, I think, seven different endings, and so far I've only been able to find four. Um, and what we went through was replay of one of the ones I'd already discovered before. So I think we're going to go through that at least a couple more times, see, see which way we can go and try to get like a different ending. Uh, but we went through it once, and then we didn't want to immediately do it again, so we moved on to a third Move, uh, show, um, uh, video game. Oh, damn it, I'm blanking on the name of it. Uh, I can tell you about the fourth one. The fourth one is called um, uh, The Shapeshifting Detective. And again, it's a full motion video, a game where you're a detective, a murder has happened, you're sent to try to discover what it is, but you have actually have a secret. You're a supernatural shapeshifter yourself, and you can take the role of any person that you've talked to. So you go and investigate them as the uh, the investigator. You ask questions, you, you get clues, and, and you make um, you take down notes. And then you can become another person that you had already talked to, take over their, their body, and then, or at least their look, and then go and do like a whole different line of inquiries as this other person to try to get more information. Because, you know, Someone might not tell a policeman information, but they might tell someone who's their friend that they've uh, that they've known for a while. If they ask them a, a series of questions, they'll react differently than if uh, an investigator is asking. So it's kind of a way for you to try to assess uh, more information and, uh, and and see if you can use that to get to a um, uh, a logical clue or uh, an ending. Uh, Sounds neat. 
It's it's actually a very cool game, and the thing I like most about that game in, in particular is it has as a as a background. It's it's a complete throwaway. Um, there's a radio show that happens in the background when you're in certain scenes. So there, if, if there's a radio and it's turned on, it's always turned to this one station, and it's always this this these two guys, um, uh, someone in Monroe. Damn it, I, I'm I'm blanking on the name of it of the show, but uh, um, Poe and Monroe, I think. Uh, it's it's this dark, creepy um, radio play that's kind of going on in the background. Um, the the voices and the and the characters that they play on on the on this radio play are so weird and so like unique. Uh, I, I would sometimes watching or playing that game, I, I would just sit there for an hour just in a corridor listening to the radio and 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 and. Uh, listening to the the story or whatever is playing the act the the radio play that's that's going on in the background it is fantastic and it's funny because they sometimes will interject with the things that are going on in the real world so um, if if an event happens in the game uh, that actually is reflected uh, so there'll be like an, an announcement that comes over the uh, the radio about it and so you'll be able to listen to that as well and then they'll get back to whatever story they were telling in the background. Uh, that if I could find a way to just listen to that and and take it out of the game, I, I would sit there and listen to it for hours. It is so good. Hmm. Now I'm blanking on this other game that we're playing. Uh, I'm even looking for it in my Steam list, but that Steam list is so bloody long. I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to actually find it. <laughs> so anyway, so this other game that we're playing, uh, where you're a detective. It's a small. I want to say British town because I think all the actors are British. Uh, I think no, I think it takes place in, in Wales. Um, so anyway, you're this detective. You're sent to a town to try to discover uh, what happened to this girl who died mysteriously. She's a college student or a PhD student, I think. And there's a a um, graduate uh, business program that takes place in a small town called Atlas, and uh, the the people who who there's there's a, a father and son who kind of run this this business program, um, and their last name is uh, oh crap uh, Rand. So I'm like I wonder if this has something to do with Atlas Shrugged and Ayn Rand and her um, ridiculous thesis. Uh, it's 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 just the the whole naming of it and and their last name kind of got me thinking about that path. Anyway, it's, that's also a very good game, full motion video. So when you go and ask questions. Um, oh, it's it's called contradictions. That's what it's called. It, the the, show, the the game is called contradictions because, um, so you gather evidence, so clues or uh, items that you found, and then you go and talk to people. So every time you're talking to someone, you're you're talking to them about a piece of evidence. So you don't you don't you can't just ask them random questions. You're talking to them about specific things that you've discovered, and then based on their answers, you then go and kind of compare them. So the guy gave this answer for this p clue, and the guy gave a different answer for a different clue. You you put those together, and then you try to find a contradiction in their in their statements, and then use that to then press them for further information. So um, the neat thing about that game is is that whole that whole contradiction aspect. So that, it's a very cool game. Um, we've only discovered, I think, talked to two or three people, discovered a few pieces of, uh, of evidence so far. We haven't really gotten far into the game yet, but uh, that's one that's going to be continuing, I think, for a while. 
Uh, other than that, I've been playing a game called Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord, which is a follow-up to a couple other Mountain Blade games that I've played in the past. Um, this is a great game uh, if you like to do things like um, small units, or not small unit, but like you co commanding people basically on a battlefield. So all the, the tactical elements of the game, you are a, a knight on horseback and you've got a bunch of followers who are either you know, peasants with sticks or guys with bows or some crossbowmen or um, knights on horseback or, you know, whatever. There's all, there's all these different um, types of troops that you can command. And they're in, in units together. And then you can either command them individually to, you know, you go here, you start peppering them with arrows from this direction, uh, send your knights off to to charge their enemy flanks, that sort of thing. So it gives you a, a battlefield command, basically, of a, uh, a unit that you're uh, in, in command of. And then on the tactical, that, that's the tactical layer. On the strategic layer, you're a guy on, an, on a horse, and you travel around, and you can... You, you start off as a mercenary, basically, so you can find one of the seven different or eight different uh, kingdoms to fight for, and then if you want, you can join them, not just the mercenary, but join them full-time. You can go and form your own kingdom um, and then start doing um, diplomacy with other kingdoms, try to get them to help you, whatever. Uh, it's a pretty cool game. There's, there's a background story where you're putting together this this ancient banner which then will lead you as like the true leader of the empire or whatever uh, so that's a very cool game um, I'm really enjoying that one other than that I don't think there are any other games that I need to talk about I, I recently got back and downloaded Dragon Age Origins again so I started playing that for a bit um, just just to get back into that franchise I've always wanted, to, really... I've always wanted to try that one Dragon Age is good. Um, the, the combat system, it's not quite like, say, a turn-based D&D game. Uh, it's a little more uh, real-time, real but you can pause at any time. You know, you can switch characters and kind of um, tell them what to do. And the cool thing about Origins, or the the game... I think, I think you can do this in, in every one of the iterations of, of the Dragon Age games. Um, there are... Uh, you, you can put together certain... Um, what do you call them? responses to stimuli so you you, you like a you say you can you can you can basically create uh, custom tactics for each one of your characters so say you have like a frontline fighter who is going to be going in and he's going to be getting damaged a lot so you set him up with a tactic that once his health hits 50% he immediately drinks uh, a small healing potion and then if once his health gets down to 25% then he goes and drinks like a major healing potion um, the web the uh, as often as he can, he'll use uh, a specific um, uh, tactic, like uh, I use Shield Bash to knock the guy on his, on his ass, so he's um, taken out of combat for a few seconds, or you use a Pommel Strike to, to do the same kind of thing. Uh, so you, you can, you can put, put together like a series of, of orders that are done in the background, that you, so you don't have to kind of micromanage every single person for every single encounter and every minute. So they, they have a bit of autonomy to them, but they're still kind of following the rules that you've dictated. So that's 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 a cool aspect of that game, and like the lore and the history and the the storyline behind all of the Dragon Age games are fantastic. You know, there's these magic users who um, who are deemed too dangerous. So uh, so. If if you're not if if you, you I don't know how to describe it without ruining kind of like the, the the background but there's there's like a, a 
religious order and the religious order controls all the magic users and if you're not uh, under the control of that of the the religious order then you're like a wildling and then you can you can it's easier for you to i guess get corrupted by magic and become a dark spawn anyway so there's there's a, there's a, there's a really cool kind of like the divinity universe uh yeah it's actually very very similar to the way that the divinity universe deals with the magic and and uh and the use of magic yeah it's very very similar uh I don't think I have anything else to talk to you about video games. Uh, we already talked about TV shows. I don't even know if I've seen a movie since our last recording. Oh, I think there was one that... Uh, I don't remember. It's not important. <laughs> uh, the one other thing I do want to talk about, though, is video games... Uh, not video games. Um, comic books. Uh, I just got turned on to a cool series called Brat Queens um, by my good buddy Ian and, uh, and his... Uh, podcast partner from uh, Hero Man and Psychic Boy, which is one of the Freebooter Network um, shows. Uh, the episode that just went up two days ago, or last night maybe, um, deals with one of the things the topics they talk about is this is this um, comic book series called Rat Queens. And it's an all-female cast, uh, and it's kind of set in almost like a D&D universe. It's, it's slightly different than Forgotten Realms, so it's not... But, but you know, there there so there are one of them, I think, is like a, a half-elf. Uh, one of them is like a, a, a halfling. Anyways, there, there's all these women are of like different... They're an adventuring band, basically, and they live in this town, and uh, and they, they go on adventures. Uh, so it's pretty cool. It's it's very gory. Uh, so if you're into like hack and slash and uh, and uh, good comic books, uh, it's, it's a neat series. I think it's put out by Image Comics. So that's that's one that I'm starting to get into based on their recommendation. And I swear that's everything. Let's move on to segment two, Ethan <laughs> Rivers. <laughs> so what do you guys got? Dwayne, you said you had something from News and Rumors. I've got a couple of things. Um, so I believe uh, last podcast we discussed the fact that Ruby Rose has left Batwoman. Yeah. Will not be returning. But um, the interesting thing that came out after that is that they are not recasting Kate Kane. Okay, so they're getting rid of Batwoman from the show Batwoman. They're killing the character off. Um, no, actually, they've also gone on record saying that they're not killing Kate Kane. Oh, I thought they had. No, um, the showrunner throws a big furor over there because... Um, there is a well-known trope in the LGBTQ plus community, uh, bury your gays. And so there was a lot of outcry over this when they announced they were recasting. The showrunner went on record saying that they are not killing Kate and that why she's gone will form a big part of season two. Right. So, you know, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, also, in the Arrowverse, Hartley uh, Sawyer, who played Ralph Dibney, the elongated man, mm -hmm. has been fired from The Flash. Mostly uh, offensive tweets he had done some time ago. Yep. Yep. 
uh, basically, uh, the internet is forever. <laughs> and this time it cost him a job. Yeah. So it's an interesting comparison with what went on with James Gunn, uh, but there are some big differences in how he's handled those tweets and uh, commented on them and so on. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm, in a way, I'm sorry to see him go. Yeah, he's a because, good character. All right, good actor. You know, I, I, I really liked Ralph. Um, they had a, I haven't seen almost any of the last season of Flash, but I understand that they expanded his role somewhat and gave him more to do. Well, he was basically kind of um, uh, selected as the next protector of Star... Is it Star City that they're in? Central City. Central City, yeah. So he's he was supposed to be the next protector after Flash dies in the uh, Crisis event, right? Right. That's, but anyway, that's what Flash was setting him up for. But and they, so... Yeah, they were uh, doing... You know, he's actually met his uh, his comic book wife... So they were uh, setting up that relationship as well. So, you know, um, if there's anyone, like, there's there's currently, you know, I haven't seen any talk of them recasting the character or anything like that. So if there's... But it would be pretty easy for them to do. Oh, See, absolutely, because he's a shapeshifter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know... All they all they really need to do is, you know, say that there's issues with him wearing that particular face and move on from there. Uh, I kind of hope they do, simply because it seems grossly unfair to the actress who plays Jean or Sue. Sorry, um, the actress who plays Sue to like lose her job because her co-star was being an idiot. Mm -hmm. And years ago, not that long ago. Yeah, it's not. It's not quite. Uh, I don't know the exact time scale. The impression I got is that uh, you didn't have to go as far back as, say, finding James Gunn's stuff. Okay. To uh, to find stuff that would cause offense mm -hmm. with Mr. Sawyer. So. So yeah. So there's that. Um, and other stuff uh, on the comic book side of things the big news is that uh, DC Comics has split permanently from Diamond distributors yeah we talked about that um, well, they, two episodes ago was, was that the permanent split or was that just what they were doing for the pandemic that was I think just the pandemic yeah. Oh, I, th well, I, th I thought even back then it was permanent. No, since then they've made it permanent. So, uh, lots, lots of, you know, wailing and gnashing of teeth and stuff from various corners over that. Uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. And that I can understand. Like, there's definitely two sides to it. A lot of folks have felt that Diamond's Monopoly needed to be challenged a long time ago. On the other hand, the last time uh, 
a large publisher made a move like this. It was the Heroes World nonsense with Marvel back in the early 90s. And that's what led Diamond to basically become the monopoly that it pretty much still is today. Mm. So, and not to mention some shops are really quite upset that for one of the two major publishers, they have to go through distributors that are owned from, owned by their competition. Right. So, yeah. And the final uh, rumor, and this is definitely rumor, uh, as always, there's always a bunch of speculation on what Marvel might be doing for Phase 5. I mean, like, we know Black Widow is coming out whenever the pandemic allows. Um, Eternals is supposed to be coming out, all that stuff. Uh, but what they're planning after all that stuff is very much a complete matter of speculation. Well, the fun thing for me was that there's recently been speculation that uh, Marvel's interested in doing Alpha Flight. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> that's super excited. Oh, uh, not really, because there have been rumors like that before. and that. But I'm active on Twitter. Well, active is kind of pushing it. Um, I go on Twitter from time to time. And the most most of the people I follow on Twitter are folks from Canadian show business, mostly Canadian television and that. And so one of the people that I follow is a, uh, a Vancouver-based actor named Ryan Robbins. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, the one I remember him most for was a TV show called Sanctuary which I really enjoyed. Uh, also superhero-based, right? Uh, no, Sanctuary was basically supernatural and monsters type. Right, it was stuff. the uh, oh, Amanda right. Capping one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, um, Robbins played Henry, who was the uh, tech guy who also happened to be a werewolf. Right. Um, hmm. And so he's... He's been in a number of things since. Uh, if you go looking online, you can find uh, a webisode of Mortal Kombat Conquest where he plays Raiden. <laughs> okay. Uh, or it was Mortal Kombat something, anyways. And he plays Raiden. It was actually very entertaining. Um, and so he tweets about this Alpha Flight rumor and that. And he tweets it at three other Canadian actors. Um, Alan Hocko from Republic of Doyle, um, Eric Johnson, who was on Rookie Blue and a whole bunch of other things, and Steve Byers, who most recently was best known for Shadowhunters on the CW. And, uh, and he's going, and he's basically going, check this out. We need to take a look at this. And so I, I see this tweet, and the whole reason I saw it is because um, he tweeted it at Hako as the first name on the list. And since I follow both of them, it popped up on my feed. <laughs> so I forgot, okay, uh, now I can't help but 
speculate as to which roles would work out for the four of you. And so the next day I actually sat down, did some image searching, and then I tweeted out the four roles that I picked for them. <laughs> and the fun part was uh, they liked all of it. Right. So, so that was that was a blast. Uh, Hako even joked that I got I was going to be hired for casting. So. <laughs> <laughs> if only you had that kind of connection, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, lived in Vancouver. That, that would help. Yeah, probably. But, uh, but yeah, so anyways, uh, that's all That's all on my on my Twitter feed. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just, it, 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 made for, it made for a really good laugh. It's, it's, one of the things I, it's one of the things I like about following folks from Canadian TV. For the most part, they are an unbelievably friendly bunch who really seem to appreciate their fans. And so sure. they'll do stuff like actually reply back to you. So, yeah. So that's it for me with news and rumors. Mm -hmm. uh, does anyone else have anything else? Um, I don't think I have any news and rumors at all. I was just seeing today that uh, Marvel is actually putting out a Warhammer 40k comic book. Uh, yeah, I think written by Dan Abner. I mean, they've, they've done it in the past. Um, Dan Abner has had several series uh, published in comic book format. There was one that was uh, about Titans. There was one, I think, about um, uh, Imperial Guard. Uh, I don't I don't remember the details about either of them. I, I have definitely read the one that, that he, the series he wrote about Titans, though. Yeah, and this is uh, Marnaeus Calgar, the, uh, the first of the Ultramarines. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's his story. Um, yeah, but apparently this is Marvel's first Warhammer 40k comic. Yeah, they, was, they only recently it. got the license. Yeah. Yeah, so hmm. that, that, that I think would be interesting to a few of our fans. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's not Lanning, it's Kieran Gillen is doing, is right. doing that book. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Any other interesting news and rumors? Uh, not that I can think of. Yeah, that's a that's the whole this, problem. This is an exciting uh, episode, isn't it? <laughs> well, the, yeah. The the thing is, since entertainment has been pretty yeah uh, mm -hmm. slow, there isn't much like stuff stuff that was already. Uh, scheduled to come out has kind of been pushed yeah so we're still waiting for that but it's not really new yeah uh, stuff and we've it already has talked just about. been uh, pushed back as well yeah um I, I can tell you that football is resumed again so i'm super excited about that arsenal lost the first two games and then finally won their third but that means nothing to anyone except me and maybe like <laughs> one other person yeah arsenal's got a pretty small fan base uh no that, that they don't <laughs> but i'm saying they're Amongst amongst our listenership, uh, the the crossover between like the Venn diagram that is our listeners and also Arsenal fans, a uh, pretty small bunch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's basically I mean, there's I, basically an arrow meant only for Dev that reads, "You are here." In the intersection <laughs> of that Venn diagram. Nope, nope, that's not true. That's not true. Um, I know there are there's at least three others of who are our listeners who are also big Arsenal fans. Uh, because 
the four of us together have actually gone to watch Arsenal play when they were in the United States last two years ago, three years ago, something like that. Um, that Venn diagram also includes people who have been on Geek Nation tours because that's how we all met was on a Geek Nation tour tour and they've been on the podcast when I was in Chicago doing Adepticon. So they've been on our Adepticon podcast and then we've gone to, to see uh, football games together. Anyway, we're all very, very good friends and it's all thanks to Geek Nation tours. We're not actually sponsored by Geek Nation tours, but if we were... It would work out well yeah. because we so, talk about them all the yeah. time. So I do have another small bit of news. Like just thinking of speaking of conventions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so Fan Expo is probably the biggest uh, geek culture mm-hmm. um, convention in Canada, held in Toronto uh, every August, basically. And so, like most others they've canceled this year's um they only did that just recently though it's in the last uh last couple of days actually but they're doing something a little bit different uh they've announced uh like they've announced that fan expo will return next august they've also announced uh fan expo like limited edition for November. And so they're limiting it to 25,000 tickets total, which for Fan Expo is not a lot of tickets. And if you pre bought your Fan Expo ticket for August, uh, it immediately gets moved over to the November thing. So in other words, there won't be a lot of tickets on sale for this at all. And so, yeah, they're trying to put something together for November. So we shall see. Good on them if they can do it. Yeah. Yeah, every uh, event that we were planning on visiting or being at this year to do a live recording, uh, they've all been canceled. Uh, the last one to go was Ragnarok up in Waterloo, uh, which is run by uh, our buddy Eric. Um, he's. Uh, I think he officially signaled that that was going to be cancelled uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm. So we've got nothing coming out in October, and uh, we definitely Warzone has been cancelled, the one that was in Montreal. Um, all the ones that we're supposed to do here in town are gone. So hopefully next year is going to be better. Well, uh, we, it'll be hard to be worse. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, or maybe not. Perhaps we'll descend into absolute chaos and it will turn into a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Well, some you never people know. say that would be an improvement. <laughs> you think that would be better? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think more uh, Netflix, Netflix would stop by airing shows. So at that point, what's the point of even living anymore? Right? <laughs> yeah. um, another little bit of news. Uh, Winona Earp Season 4 is finally happening July 26th. I didn't even know that show was still on. I watched the first season. I haven't even looked back at it since. I haven't seen all of season three yet, but um, Winona Earp, uh, interestingly enough, was the problem was financing with the studio. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the ratings. Um, Bell liked the show. Um, Sci-Fi, which is the partner in the States, actually ordered two seasons after the end of season two. 
but uh, they didn't get the international sales they needed to finance season four. And so production on season four was delayed by like a year and a half. Mm. And that, and I don't even know if they managed to get all the episodes done before coronavirus shut them down. Right. But uh, what they have, they're starting to air July 26th. So, yeah, I need to pick up Crave for a month or two and uh, check out season three. Uh, but I've I've really enjoyed the show. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, some great some great stories. Fantastic characters. Uh, yeah, now good stuff. So I am happy that uh, season four is finally had an air date announced. But yeah, like the upcoming TV season is messed up. Oh yeah, it's gonna be pretty grim. So I mean, you have stuff like. Uh, you have U.S. networks buying Canadian shows that have already aired here <laughs> because they need some. They need something yeah. that they can put onto their schedules, yeah. and you know, yeah, can't have a we, year of reruns. Yeah, and so we create English language content in an environment that, even when it actually admits that it's in Canada, is still similar enough that they think American audiences will be okay with it. So uh, Maybe what American channels need to do is pick up some British uh, police procedural shows so to show uh, their police officers how cops are supposed to behave. <laughs> maybe that would be beneficial. Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, so that's the end of news and rumors segment two. Do we have a discussion point for for segment three? I don't think we talked about no, it. Well, we, we, we no. can spread rumors about Patrick since he's not here. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I will say is uh, we will continue to be doing live streams from the Kessel Run. Um, I think we've moved over to Wednesdays instead of Fridays, yeah. um, mainly because Friday nights tend to be uh, magic-specific in most game shops, at least around uh, the Ottawa area. So I, I know Kessel Run is uh, is continuing, or they're starting to open up again, and they're they've they've actually in the middle of a process of building up um, isolation barriers. Yeah, they were showing so, a picture of that on Facebook on their Facebook. Oh, good, good. Uh, so you, so you can have up to like I think six people playing at tables, and they'll still be completely isolated, not only from the people across the table from them, but also from the people next to them as well, mm -hmm. which is interesting. So it's at least a way to help contain. Uh, if one person happens to be sick. But anyway, since their main their main night for um, for Magic is Fridays, uh, we're doing the live streams on Wednesdays, and we're gonna. I don't know if we're gonna do it every week. Uh, I, I know they they had planned on having one on this week. I don't know if, how it went. I'm gonna be out of town next week because I'm going to visit some family. So I don't know how that's gonna work out for for next week. But there, there was a talk of maybe doing a Canada Day special live stream from the uh, the store um, but there will be more information on that, about that on our website and also on the Kessel Run website as well mm -hmm. um, one of our plans is to branch out from just doing 40k to 
potentially doing board games, potentially doing a live stream of uh, like a role-playing session, just all sorts of things so we can mix it up and just make it more interesting to people mm-hmm. and hopefully start building up the, uh, the, the watch base and then mm-hmm. kind of do that cross-promotion, our, our fan base, their fan base, we'll get to see not just them but us as well. I, uh, so I, 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 can add, I can add a couple of things. Um, I have been working on the uh, recording rigs for said gaming uh, like tabletop gaming stuff. Excellent. The uh, the new camera I got just showed up yesterday, and I have the the stands and everything, the the all the lighting and everything all set up. So I just I just have to make sure I can get a six by four foot table into the screen, which is becoming quite a problem. <laughs> that's that's a big surface area that you got to get, which means mm-hmm. I need I need to have the camera almost twelve feet away from that. So you try to figure out how to get 12 feet away vertically. And uh, <clears throat> when you figure that out, let me know. Because <laughs> I'm having a hell of a time trying to sort it out. That's why my suggestion was to have two cameras. One on like a uh, one corner of the, the rig, one at the other corner of the rig, and just kind of uh, diagonally across the table. Yeah, well, we, we thought about that. But I mean, this was mostly set for 40k. So I I, okay. I've, I have done the calculations um, just using our existing little webcams, and I do I can get away with that. But I wanted to try this new camera and see if it because it has a better resolution, it might be able to right. do a better uh, a better um, width of a of a picture. Mm-hmm. So because that's the problem, the getting the four feet in the the screen is not an issue. It's getting that six feet. That's the problem. Well, very little actually happens around the outside edges, so we can probably. And then with all the information coming out about nine, uh, ninth edition, they're talking about playing smaller, um, smaller. Uh, the table size is changing. I think mm-hmm. um, instead of uh, six by four, it's six by three or five by four. Something. Like, the, the, anyway, the, the table dimensions that they're talking about modifying them for certain game modes. Um, so. Yeah, we might not need that much space for every game. That we well, I as it is right now, I have I have it set up so that we can film at that size. And going mm. going smaller is always easier than going bigger. So, absolutely, it will be able to adapt to whatever the new the new changes are. So, you know, I know that certain games like um, I don't know if we're gonna do. Oh my god! Why am I blank on the name? Uh, Legion, Star Wars Legion, the mm-hmm. uh, the miniature game that's that's uh, Fantasy Flight Games put out. Mm-hmm. If we ever start playing that on the the table, uh, that's played on like a four by. It's a four, four by four. Yeah, it's four by four. It's the same as uh, X Wing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, X Wing is another popular game that I'm sure we'll be seeing a comeback. And if we're doing things like board games or video games, or not video games. Well, that, um, that that was also the the main. I mean, like if you're gonna get. Four, four or five people around a table for a board game, you mm-hmm. know, you want to, you know, you're going to need a six by four, you know, to, right. the, to the get that many people. Will need yeah. to be. The table will need to be, but the actual game area that's, will That's true, yeah, but it, it depends on if you want to, like, you know, you might want to view people's cards or whatever if they got them set out right. or whatnot. So this will hopefully allow for that. Uh, we'll see. Cool. We, we have to actually de- use it in practice to mm-hmm. to see if it's going to work properly so well we're just going to have to get you to come out one Wednesday night after work and uh, set up at the castle run 
I'll have to book time off. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's on the east end of the city. That's an hour oh, drive to get there. So I know. Yeah, I'll have to take the Thursday off. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, related to getting more exposure, are you guys going to be doing more uh, Division Two or yeah, Division Two Twitch? Yes. Uh, yeah. So the the current plan is every second Tuesday there's going to be a live stream of us playing probably our hardcore characters. But I, I know the next scheduled event is uh, this upcoming Tuesday. I'm going to be out of town, so I don't know what the guys are going to do. I don't, well, we did. Do you know we did. We did. Um, we streamed actually. What was it? Uh, Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, this past Tuesday, you weren't available, so right. we streamed the entire um, Kenley College. Uh, mission with our our main characters. Oh, nice! So we we got the exotic weapon at the end of that set. So we can do that again if you wanted to get it at some point. It's up to you. Well, obviously, obviously. But uh, yeah, we did that on Tuesday. It worked out quite well. It took us about uh, just over two, just over two hours, two and a quarter hours to complete the mission. The entire and how, the how, entire how much of that time? How much of that time was spent you going over uh, minute details of uh, each piece of gear that you've picked up? That <laughs> 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 <No>, didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing dropped that was better than what I currently got. So it didn't <laughs> <matter>. <laughs> it, was, it was story mode. Come on now. It wasn't happening. But okay. those, those missions were actually surprisingly difficult, to be honest. Really? Yeah, we were just doing it in story. That, so that's not even like normal or hard mode. And it. You know, there it, it's it's split into three sections. There's three missions per section, and one of those missions is guaranteed to to like really push your 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 abilities. So, so what do you think about someone doing it solo? Um, uh, sketchy. I mean, give really? it give it a try. You can probably get at least. Um, I would like to say you get most of the missions done, but those those three, you know, that that one mission in each section is going to really tax you to try to solo it. I would think. Okay. And and the problem is, is like you can't start a new section until you finish the previous section. Right. So you kind of got to do them. You can't just sort of. Well, I've done two here. I'll wait for someone to come and help me, and then I'll go go do these other ones because it won't allow you access. So, right, yeah. But uh, the other, uh, we're either going to do division next week, or we're looking into doing some more uh, martyr uh, inquisition. Okay. Uh, possibly that. I know there's. Um, I'm working with uh, Gavin, our friend Gavin, to. Uh, do a recording for um, a game called Raft, which uh, it's still an early development, um, but it's it's playable and it's it's pretty much fun. It's like a, a cooperative um, survival type game, and it's 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 decently uh, balanced in terms of you know you versus the environment. You have to grow food, find food, you know, build a raft, you know, learn to control the raft get to various islands to progress the storyline that they're slowly putting into the game and uh, I've seen a lot of it played online, it's been out for a while but I've seen a lot of it played online by um, various YouTubers and 
streamers and whatnot, and it 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 just looks like a fun, easy, relaxing type game to, you know, just to play. It's, it's not. I wouldn't say it's like Minecraft, but it's like on the same level of relaxation that you might get from that. So, I haven't done any. Nope. We haven't done anything yet, but uh, we're gonna we're we're getting to it at some point. Now, Paul, did you ever pick up the Gloomhaven, ga- Gloomhaven game that they? No, but I know, I know it's on sale right now because it's it's on my list, and so they sent me an email this morning at three a.m. telling me that it was on sale. <laughs> so. uh, there's uh, there there that's also in early development. Um, they don't have like the full game mode in yet, but they're slowly building onto it. Uh, I think the last update I saw was they were introducing the town. Maybe uh, I haven't gotten okay. detail. I know I know they've introduced. They start off with just the the first three uh, character classes, the ones that we played in the past. Yes. And they're slowly expanding the available character classes. Um, mm. I almost don't want to start playing the new classes just so I don't get. Uh, you don't want to be. Uh, you don't want it. Ruined, I, I, right? I don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to actually experience the game itself. So anyway, I'm I'm thinking that's possibly a game that we could also excuse me um, live stream if yeah. ever, if everyone picked it up and got into it. Um, another another fun one that I've seen played is um, Deep Rock Galactic. Is also a, a, a good multiplayer four person type game where you, you play as uh, dwarves and you're sort of you're you're sent off to various planets to mine for materials and and stuff and you have to fight like spiders and demons or monsters that come after you. I wouldn't call them demons, but as you're trying to mine various minerals and it looks like a decent decently fun kind of game as well that might work for a good stream so i don't know that that sounds almost tedious though going out and mining well, yeah but you're constantly under attack and whatnot it's it's more of the right. interaction it's i mean it, it's it's we could also go do um don't starve together we could do that one as well mm-hmm. so you know it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, it, it is just, what it is, right? It, it reminds me of playing the game. I don't know if you guys ever played Eve, the um, the space sim game, where uh, you play basically play a pilot and you can go out and basically it's it's an open world or open universe where you can go anywhere, you can do whatever the fuck you want. There's there's some storyline in the missions that you can take, but you're basically free to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that we would do is uh, we'd get a, bu- a group of people together to go uh, do like group mining at the same time. So uh, you'd have you know like five or six mining ships, a couple of people running as ore haulers, and then a, a couple of people in combat ships, kind of um, sitting there and, and waiting just in case uh, someone comes in to, to attack you. Because most zones that you're doing this high level mining in, they're like basically PvP, open for PvP. And uh, and people will if they find you know these weak vulnerable ore barges, mining barges available, they'll just come and just rake you, right? Mm. Uh, so we'd have uh, some people on, in combat ships as guards, just in case anything did show up. Anyway, it's uh, it, at times it, it can be a super fun game, but if you're playing solo, it, it tends to get boring a- after a while. Mm. I see. I played E for a long time. Um, that was many years ago. I kind of mm. haven't gone back since. I don't know. Is it still a thing? Oh, it's still running. Yeah, that yeah. that game will never die. Hmm. Well, that's. Good. I don't know how popular it is these days compared to how it used to be. I mean, there there used to be days where 
you couldn't go to any zone and not see you know a bunch of other people there as well so it made you know trying to to recover or, or acquire this ore to sell it made it very uh very difficult interesting yeah. All right, I think I do go ahead Dwayne yeah um was just uh, digging around on the web for a couple of things um two small bits of news that I just wanted to throw in. I know some of you guys are big fans of The Boys. Oh, mm -hmm. loved it. Yeah. They've announced the season two premiere will be September 4th. They're okay. going to drop okay. they'll drop three episodes once and then they'll go to the one per week I believe model. the first uh, two minutes of the uh, series are available on YouTube right now. Yeah. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm also not gonna. I'm gonna. I'll wait until it's uh, all done, and then I'll I'll watch it. I can't stand this this weekly yeah. episodic bullshit. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of doing it for Snowpiercer, but that's it. Uh, I don't I don't particularly. I'm actually glad you told me that Snowpiercer is coming out like that because I refuse to do it for that either. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm doing the week to week thing for Agents of Shield, although I haven't seen Wednesday nights yet, but I really want to. So. Uh, <laughs> Hey, it's fun in the 70s. Uh, yep, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so another small bit of just like casting news. Uh, Lucifer Season 5 is coming out soon. Yes, um, in two weeks, I think. Yeah, and in a fun bit of casting, Rob Benedict, who plays God on Supernatural, will be guest starring on Lucifer, although it will be a different role. <laughs> so... <laughs> He's not playing God on Lucifer, but he will be showing up on Lucifer. So I thought that was fun. And uh, I just had to kind of look up to find out when was the last time we got to sit down in person. And it looks like it was back in January. What? So episode 88 was posted January 31st, 2020. And it was the one where we sat down with Gavin mm. as our special guest, and we recorded at uh, at the Diamond Boardroom. And then episode eighty nine, which was posted February twenty eighth, is mentioned that we recorded over Discord, and there were issues with the conversion process. Um, that was the one you had to fix, where we were sending like chipmunks. Right. I love the chipmunks. So yeah, so the last time we sat down was five months and counting. Jesus. Huh. Been a while, huh, fellas? Although I, I do have to say that there is a certain ease to doing it over Discord. Um, like basically, I finished having dinner. I walk downstairs. I plug my headphones in, and I'm ready to record. Yeah. There's no setting up equipment. There's no uh, driving all the way out to the Diamond Storage in order to uh, to to sit down and do the show. So I, I I do enjoy some aspects of the way we have been doing it the past few episodes, but I really am looking forward to actually sitting down in person mm -hmm. and cracking open a beer, just chit chatting, you know. Yep. Yeah. Well, usually we're we're all so busy that when we even when we're recording like this, as soon as the recording's done, or like we we get together, we start 
talking five minutes before the recording begins. We do the recording, and then we go off our separate ways again. There's no, like, the, the social aspect of what we used to do when we'd sat, sit together and just shoot the shit for an hour after we were done. Yeah. And yeah. The, the energy is also quite different because uh, yeah, of course. We, don't, we don't interrupt each other as much this way. We don't chime in on what other people are talking about as much this mm -hmm. way. So, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be good to get back to the in-person stuff. Well, some might call that a positive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's one other game that, uh, I've noticed. Um, it's called Satisfactory. I'm not sure if you've heard about it there, Dev. It's, I have, I have no interest in that it's, game. It's, it's, it's like, it's like Factorio, but done with the Unre uh, Infinity Engine or something. Anyway, it's first person. But, um, it, it originally came out on Epic. And, I refuse to have anything to do with Epic just because, well, apparently there's a lot of um, issues with Epic in terms of uh, um, privacy and a bunch of other stuff that they like to do. So, so a lot of they they may give out free games to entice you to go to and use use Epic, but um, it, from what I understand, it's pretty sketchy and. While they've released Satisfactory on Steam, um, from what I understand, the multiplayer version of it is done through Epic, which means you still need to install Epic if you do the multiplayer stuff. So well, I'm I'm glad I'm into that game because I have no interest in having anything to do with Epic either. Uh, for me, apparently, they're they pay their um, the companies better. Yeah. Than than Steam does, they they take less off the top or or whatever, whatever however their their sweetheart deals are. Uh, but the only reason that's true right now is because they're tr still trying to entice people to come and do things exclusively on their, on yeah. their system, right? In order to get other people to, to join in and uh, and buy into the uh, to the to the game um, platform. Um, they they did that to the game I'd probably been looking most looking forward to, uh, which was the the new BattleTech. Um, Mercenaries game that's that that was released about six months ago, mm -hmm. or maybe maybe November last year. Um, so um, it's going to be at least the end of the year before it's no longer exclusively available on the Epic Store. So that means there's plenty of time for them to come up with additional content or bug fixes or whatever. So once once it finally gets to Steam, it'll be the the full finished product. Which that, at least that's one bonus, even if yeah. I have to sit there and wait. That's good. All right. Yeah. That's all. Uh, that's all I had anyway. Yeah, I was just I was just thinking about video games and stuff. The reason why I don't have a lot to say is that I'm definitely not the biggest video gamer in the house. That's my daughter. So, so, so maybe we should have her come on. And yeah. do her <laughs> oh, trust trust me, I could put her in front of a mic, and she would talk about uh, Pokemon. Let's go, Eevee, Pokemon Sword and Shield, and. Minecrafts and Roblox for about two hours. She could just do a <laughs> podcast herself. Um, she's heard me recording these podcasts. Uh, she's not impressed. She thinks we're boring. <laughs> she, she's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there is that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. But <laughs> oh, and before I forget, because I always forget to do this, we have to, before we close off, we have to do our um, Patreon shout-out. Yep. 
so this month's Patreon shout-out goes back to our favorite Patreon and our, our first uh, Patreon, Aisha Tarak. Aisha, you are our Patreon shout-out E for this month. So congratulations and thanks for being a uh, a backer. Thanks. Thank you. you. Yes. And uh, I'll, I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you in twenty four hours. <laughs> I mean, not not from when you hear this, but from when we record. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyways, guys, it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks again for uh, dialing in and uh, and uh, joining us. Thanks for listening, and, folks. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, see you all later. Time. Bye. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Out of the Basement Podcast. We'd like to thank Radio Free Music for our intro and outro music. Both songs were done by an amazing artist named Silent Partner. The intro music is called Drop and Roll, and the outro music is called Grand Navy Plaza. And we'll have links to both those songs in our show notes. If you liked what you heard and wish to support the show, please consider becoming a backer on Patreon. We can be found at patreon.com slash OOTBpod. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.